Luke 19, 1-10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. <clears throat> so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he'd gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the, Lord, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray before we crack on? Lord God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that when we read it, you speak to us by your spirit. And so as we spend some time now um, just reflecting some more on those words that I've just read, we pray that you would draw near to us by your spirit. That you would speak to us. That you would sharpen us. And so give us the faith, Lord, to hear you and to see you. And convict us by your spirit to respond to you as well. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So um, Libby just said that we're continuing in this series, um, Amazed by Jesus. Um, and then she sat down next to me and said, sort of. Um, because we're not really following along today. Um, well, we sort of are. I don't know. It, it, who's reading along? Oh, no, I shouldn't ask that. There's so many of you, all those hands up. Um, so <laughs> you've all read it before, I'm sure. Um, but the chapter we were due to cover today um, is on communion. Um, and actually, I think a, a really good kind of introduction to, to the theology of communion, what happens when we do communion, um, why it's important, why we do it, why church traditions do it every week. Um, really good, really good chapter to read. Um, but this morning we, we had a baptism, so we couldn't have communion, and it's kind of a similar service. It just didn't really seem the occasion um, to do a talk all about communion when we can't kind of do communion. Um, but that's okay. Because there are some beautiful words that, that Ponsonby put um, at the start of the chapter that, that really actually grasp um, the real uh, core, the real heart of what we are doing when we come to the Lord's table together. And therefore, actually, the real heart and the core of the gospel of Jesus Christ that gathers us today. So it's some words from the 1800s, which um, might be familiar to you. I, I've heard some um, uh, ministers use this as part of a, a communion service. Um, it says this. Come to this sacred table, not because you must, but because you may. Come, not because you are strong, 
but because you are weak. Come, not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to come, but because you need mercy and help. Come, because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come, because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. Beautiful words. An invitation to come and receive Christ. To come and to receive Christ. So I wonder then, if you've ever been completely blindsided by an invitation... Right, you know, sometimes you're invited to a wedding and you're kind of really surprised. Oh, it's an all-day invitation. That's lovely. <laughs> or this morning, I said, um, this, I was, this bit, I've got in trouble for this. Um, you know, when you, sometimes you're invited to go around someone's house for dinner and you think, oh, no, don't want to do that. Well, I was, Beth and I actually went around someone's house for lunch and they were in the service in the, this morning. So <laughs> I had to reassure them. I wasn't talking about them. <laughs> Not talking about anyone here. Don't worry. You know those invitations, you know, maybe uh, an invitation to join a project at work or whatever, and that's really exciting, it's a good thing. Invited to go on a date without looking at anyone. Have you ever been blindsided by an invitation? Well, a few years ago, um, I had a real privilege to go to one of these garden parties at Buckingham Palace. Um, it was an amazing invitation to receive, and um, I thought I got into Hogwarts. The letter was absolutely amazing. Um, I'm sure it was delivered by an owl as well. Um, <laughs> But it was really posh to I went with my immediate family. My dad and I had to go out and um, hire some tails. Um, it was a really posh dinner, um, nibbles, the poshest nibbles you've ever seen. And actually, I can see a few of you are taking notes. So write this down. Um, the queen serves her scones with the cream first and the jam on top. <laughs> her majesty the queen does that, so it must be right. There was a live stream quartet, and, and there, was a, there was a kind of a, a line of us as, as Her Majesty made her way down, spoke to some people. She didn't speak to me for some reason. Um, and actually, hilariously, I got on the front page of the paper. Um, but um, you know who Monsters, Inc., when um, Mike and Sully uh, get in the... Um, this, isn't, this is so irrelevant. <laughs> when they get in the TV advert, and then, and then there's the logo across Mike Wazowski's face. Yeah, you know, that happened to me on the front page of the paper. I, I won't tell you the paper, but... Um, I wasn't particularly proud to be on it, but anyway. <laughs> An invitation that was a complete shock and a completely surreal experience. I wonder if you've ever had one of those. Well, um, our passage today from Zacchaeus, I'm sure you, you've all heard it before. If you've spent any time in Sunday school, you would have heard it. In, in fact, they, they did it in um, uh, the groups this morning at the Paris Centre, which was completely unplanned. Praise God. The story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, who had a crazy invitation from Jesus to join him for dinner. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, a very small tax collector, which I think is a, is a funny detail. You know, the gospel writer doesn't say he just couldn't see. He couldn't see because he was small. And tax collectors, as many of us know at that time, were really the, the lowest of the low. Often we read in the Gospels that the Gospel writers say tax collectors and sinners. They're lumped together. You see, tax collectors um, worked for, for the Roman uh, uh, rule. They would take money for, for their legitimate collections that they were entitled to, but they would also throw a whole load of, um, of, of tax on top of that for their own personal gain. They were corrupt. They were greedy. 
And Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, so clearly making more money from this whole kind of network of dishonesty. He was a powerful, wealthy, dishonest man. So therefore, he probably wasn't liked. He wasn't one of these kind of humble fishermen, you know, Jesus' little posse. He was a powerful, wealthy, and dishonest, corrupt man. The last person anyone would have expected Jesus, of all people, to speak to, let alone invite to eat with. In fact, uh, verse 7, what do the onlookers say? They say, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Bearing in mind, in, in the Jewish culture, to be a sinner is to be unclean. It's to be an outcast, to be shoved away. And Jesus has gone to eat with one. Jesus, the, the, the teacher in the synagogue, the one who is drawing crowds because he's healing the sick, he's doing miracles, he's, he's um, teaching the scriptures. And he invites a sinner like Zacchaeus to eat with him. He says, verse 5, come. Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. You don't need to climb a tree to get a glimpse of me because I, says Jesus, want to be with you. And so right off the bat, that's an amazing encouragement for all of us, isn't it? That whoever we are, whatever we bring, whatever baggage we have, whatever experiences we've had, however much of a sinner we are, or however much of a sinner we feel like we are. We talked a lot about shame yesterday at at Reconnect. None of us are beyond that invitation from Jesus Christ to come. But see, um, I don't know about you, but but I can sympathize with Zacchaeus a little bit climbing this tree. Because we, we do all sorts of climbing trees in church, don't we, to get a glimpse of Jesus. Alponsomy talks about communion, um, but it, it could be our songs and our worship preferences tradition and style, whatever it is we like or don't like. It could even be our outreach, our depth centre, our, our, our children's work, our youth work. Or it could be the time we spend dishing out chocolates on the 9th of April. See you there. All good things, good, holy, awesome, wonderful things. But actually at the heart of each of those things has to be a response to Jesus' invitation to come and to be with him. So often I feel so convicted that in my commitment to be a Christian, I fail to be committed to Christ. Jesus says, come. Come and be with me. But we climb a lot of trees outside of church in the real world, don't we? Now maybe at work. My, my goal, all my energy has to be uh, into kind of clambering this tree, getting to the top. I need to be the best mother, father, the best friend, the best employee or, or even employer. I need to get to the top because that's my thing. Jesus says, fine, 
But first, would you just come down and be with me? Or, you know, church is kind of hard. Christians suck. They make church a hard place to be. Jesus says, I know, I get it. But would you just come be with me? Or we might say, Lord, look at all the suffering. All the suffering that these people I love are having to go through and they're facing for no fault of their own. Or all the suffering that I'm facing, the pain, the hurt, the anguish. Jesus says, I get it. Would you be with me? Let me stand with you. Let me weep with you. Let me cry with you. Come. Be with me. See, when Jesus invited Zacchaeus to climb down from that tree, he showed us the heart of God. Now, people often, often say to me, um, because of my job, you know, I never was asked this question before I worked for a church, but what is God like? What is God like? We see it in Jesus Christ as he calls Zacchaeus down from the tree. He's a God whose heart is for the outcast, for the sinner, for the one who is striving, for the weak, the one looking for purpose, the one looking for meaning, the one who wanted just a glimpse of Jesus from afar. And Jesus says, Come. Come and be with me. And we all know, don't we, that we live in a very broken, messy world. People, a world full of people like me and you. But we believe in a God that wants to do something about that. A God who invites us as the giver of life to say, come and be with me. It's the whole reason Jesus came. What does he say? Come to me, all who are burdened, weary, and I will give you rest. And he says um, in John 7, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. And you will drink from the river of life and living water will flow within them. Come to me and you will, uh, the, the, the living waters will flow within you. And in Revelation 3 as well, Revelation is a wacky book, isn't it? Full of all sorts of stuff. But even then, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who answers, anyone who comes to me, I will eat with them. Come, says Jesus, come to me. Now, Gareth shared recently um, a wonderful quote from J.C. Ryle. It said, no man, or woman of course, um, ends their life wishing they'd spent less time in prayer or in God's word. 
which is quite a, a humbling quote. Um, I read recently that, that John Stott, some of you might know John Stott, a, a real hero of the faith, um, particularly of the 20th century, um, reflecting on the end of his life, he said, I wish I'd prayed more. This is from a modern day saint. I wish he'd prayed more. Gosh, I don't know what that says about me. So might we find rest in Jesus? Might we come to him daily in prayer, read his word daily, knowing that his spirit speaks to us as we read his word? Might we rest in him as we gather as his church, united by his spirit, as we reconnect with one another, as we talk about uh, the last couple of weeks, I guess? Let's come to Jesus because he wants us to be with him. He wants the striving to find rest. He wants the proud to be humbled and the weak to be made strong. He wants the unexpected, the tax collectors and the sinners, to be welcomed in. He says, come. And so I wonder then, when did you last let Jesus interrupt your life as he did Zacchaeus and listen to that call to come? Because, man, I find that hard sometimes. But whoever we are, however long we've decided to, to, to follow Jesus, the beauty of the gospel is that we can come and come and come again, knowing that we are welcomed, welcomed by him and embraced by him as a loving father. So I wonder today if you are willing for Jesus to interrupt you today, as he did Zacchaeus, And listen to him challenge us and invite us to come again, to rest in him. Well, the story finishes with um, a wonderful testimony of Zacchaeus' life being transformed. Um, In verse 8, it says, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything... I will pay back four times the amount. Isn't that amazing? Jesus has such a habit of changing lives, doesn't he? Funny that. Um, But what Zacchaeus does here is particularly radical. As being a Jewish man himself, he would have known the scriptures um, and he would have known the the words of Leviticus 6, like all of us do, right? Yeah, no, I didn't. You're better than me. Leviticus 6, it basically lays out um, rules for this very situation when a man of God is righting his wrongs. Um, it says, basically, if, if anyone has stolen money or property from someone, verse 5, they must make restitution in full, add a fifth of the value to it, and give it back to the owner. So Zacchaeus, knowing that there was a law in place for this very purpose, doesn't actually follow it. But he goes above and beyond. He doesn't just add a fifth to the value, but he pays back four times what he took. So in responding to Jesus' invitation to come, to be with him, he was completely transformed to the extent that he was all in. He was all in. Way more than the religious tradition taught him or expected of him. Zacchaeus was all in, in putting things right. So I mentioned just a moment ago that that spending time with God through prayer, in church, in his word, all wonderful ways that that we might come to Jesus, respond to that call to to come to him, and and, and the Spirit ministers to us as we do each of those things. 
But in coming to Jesus, in being transformed by Jesus, Zacchaeus joined Jesus in making a difference. And actually, um, it's in verse 9, after this incredible exclamation, and not before, that Jesus says, Today, salvation has come on this man. In other words, this Zacchaeus guy, who's giving so much to the poor, this guy gets it. Because to come to Jesus, to put one's faith in Jesus, is so much more than just a free ticket to heaven. And it's so much more than a a nice warm fuzzy feeling when we sing our favorite worship song. Although that is nice and amazing. But it's so much more. It's about lives transformed by Jesus Christ. It's about life with the giver of life. And joining him in bringing transformation in the world for his glory. So, of course, let's pray more. We can't pray enough. Let's soak up his word. Let's read the Bible together on our own, in our prayer time. Listen to the Spirit speak to us as we read his word. And let's gather as much as we can as as God's people to inspire and equip one another to, to go out into the world. But in doing so, let's join Jesus on the front line. Let's be transformed to make a difference. See, Jesus is among the tax collectors, isn't he? The sinners, that's where he was in the first century. And actually, that's where he's calling us today. I'll let you decide in in what your context, who who the, the tax collectors of our day are for you. Let's join him on the front line, housing the homeless, housing refugees maybe, caring for the orphan, the widow, challenging the powers that oppress the vulnerable, being uncomfortable for the sake of the kingdom, being willing to say, yes, Lord, I will come wherever you're you're calling me to. That's where Jesus is, on the front line, and he's inviting us to come. One of the challenges we had yesterday at Reconnect was that um, we might be a lifeboat station and not a yacht club. I know I'm very young, relatively speaking, but, but I've been in loads of churches that are more like a yacht club. Let's not be a yacht club. Let's be a lifeboat station where we see lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And let's be transformed ourselves as we join Jesus by his spirit in making a difference. So I I really hope that none of us, this was certainly our prayer just um, before we started the service, that none of us would leave here today without actually responding to that question. Jesus says, come. Come again and again, come. Come. Maybe you might think, "Mm, not for me today, Ben, sorry. But Jesus still knocks. But if, like me, you follow Jesus for a while now, perhaps you want to just come again today. Say, yes, Lord, I'm sorry for the times when I've, I've got it wrong. I'm sorry for the times I've forgotten about you. Isn't it mad we do that? So often I don't turn away from Jesus. I just forget about him. But Jesus says, come.
Come and rest in me, the giver of life. An invitation to, to stop striving and to be welcomed into the loving arms of the God over all things. We had um, a couple of baptisms this morning. Um, and and uh, my favorite part of the baptism liturgy, which, as I say that out loud, that's a nerdy thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> my favorite part of the baptism liturgy. It's the bit when um, we all welcome uh, those that have been baptized. We say, fight valiantly as disciples of Jesus Christ. Might that be a challenge to us as we said it to, to those wonderful little members of God's family this morning? Might we fight valiantly as disciples of Jesus Christ to live for him and to live with him in the power of his spirit, connected with one another, living life in all its fullness? Maybe not how we expect that to be, but life as the giver of life intended it to be lived. Might we fight valiantly as disciples of Jesus Christ as we pray, Lord, May your kingdom come. Let's pray, shall we? Loving God, may we never get so familiar with those words from you um, to come, to answer the door, to answer the knock, to find rest in you, to find life in you. May we never um, be so familiar with those words that we forget the magnitude of what it is you're, you're asking of us. It's a big deal, not because we're so important or because it's so unattainable, but because it's attainable through what you have done for us on the cross and by your Spirit. And so help us all to humbly come to you now to receive from you again and enable us by your spirit, Lord, to walk with you and by your spirit to fight valiantly as disciples of Christ as we pray for your kingdom to come and play our role in seeing that happen. Thank you, Lord, that you transformed Zacchaeus' life and billions and billions ever since. Thank you, Lord, for writing us into your story. Amen.